uh, look at part two of this series that uh, we're calling the person and purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week as we began this, I told you my only disclaimer is that there's no way in two weeks we can share everything that there is possible to share in Scripture about the Holy Spirit. But what we're going to do over these two weeks is just kind of lay a foundation for what are the bottom line principles that the Word tells us about who the Holy Spirit is and what His purpose is in our lives. And I told you last week that one way you could look at this is we're talking about the theology of the Holy Spirit. Theology is a big word. It kind of can almost sound a little sleepy or academic or a little heavy. But when we understand what we believe, and theology is just the study of God, when we understand what we believe, it will lead us to right action. It'll lead us to genuine love and true worship. So everything that we are should flow out of good theology. Amen, Amen right? So let's talk about the theology real quick that we talked about last week about who the Holy Spirit is. We said eight things. We said the Holy Spirit is a person. We said the Holy Spirit is God. We said the Holy Spirit is eternal and holy. The Holy Spirit has His own mind and He prays for us. We said the Holy Spirit has emotions. He has His own desires and will. We said just like God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipresent in all places at all times. And we finished out last week by saying that the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to Jesus. And from Acts to Revelation, the Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of the apostles and the disciples and the early church pointing toward Jesus. Who lived, who died, who rose again. Amen. So this morning we're going to use those eight truths that we just went through to serve as a cornerstone for understanding about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Purpose by definition means the reason that something exists. And what is the, if, if something has a purpose, there is an intended or a desired result. Jesus had a specific purpose and mission during his time on earth. His purpose was to be God in the flesh, to give his life for us. And once his mission was complete and he gave his life on the cross and he rose from the dead, he had accomplished the purpose for which he came. The Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, has a specific purpose and mission that he wants to fulfill in the lives of believers today. So this morning, just like we gave you eight truths last week about who the Holy Spirit is, I want to balance that this morning with eight things about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Everybody go ahead and think, eight, that's a lot. Usually a sermon has two or three points, okay? But we're going we're gonna to rock it through these, okay? But let me tell you what it's going to be like this morning. It's going to be like drinking from a fire hose, okay? Because I like to give a lot of scriptures and a lot of backup, so get ready. The fire hose is about to blow, all right? So if you're, I encourage you to take notes, uh, on your phone or write it in a notepad you've got just to kind of keep up as we go through these because I can't, you know, exegete all these scriptures that we're going to look at this morning. But uh, maybe you can take them later and, and uh, allow the Lord to, to speak to you through them. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, the Holy Spirit 
His purpose, first purpose, is that he serves us as comforter, intercessor, advocate, and helper. Now, depending on what version of the Bible you have, those words show up in a lot of different uh, versions. But the main word that Jesus uses there is the Greek word paraclete. And paraclete means an advocate or a helper or one who is called alongside. So in the King James Version, Jesus says, He shall give you, I will give you, the Father will send you another comforter. Which means that He's going to serve alongside us and come along and comfort us with His presence when we go through life's ups and downs and sorrows. The NIV and the New Living Translation uses the word advocate. And when you think about advocate, you probably think about a courtroom, right? And an advocate is a person who pleads on behalf of another person. It's almost the word intercessor. One who stands as a mediator between two parties. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when He serves us. He stands between us and God and serves as that mediator. The King James and the NASB uses the word helper. And, and one commentary I read behind said that really there's not an English word out there that completely can describe paraclete. Really the best chance we have is that word helper where Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and He will give you another helper. One who will come alongside, one who will provide what is necessary to complete the task. A helper rescues, a helper saves, a, a helper brings remedy and relieves the situation. But here's the good news. In every one of those translations, no matter if you want to look at the Holy Spirit, that He serves you as comforter or as intercessor or as advocate, every one of those, Jesus ends that sentence by saying, He will be with you forever. And that's so important that the disciples heard that because every day Jesus had been right beside them. But whereas he said to them, look, I want to assure you that just like I was with you in person every single day, he says the Holy Spirit is going to be with you every single day, however you need him, as comforter, encourager, advocate, intercessor, helper, the Holy Spirit will be with you. Amen. That's a good enough point right there to close it up and go home, right? But I got seven more just as good. That the Holy Spirit is just as good. So number two, the second action the Holy Spirit performs is that He guides us into all truth. John chapter 4, chapter 14 rather, Jesus says, I will ask the Father what we just said, and He'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then He identifies Him like this, the Spirit of of truth. Now last week we talked about the spirit of truth and I told you this and you nodded your head and you agreed that we live in a culture right now of relative truth. Amen? There is no truth today. Whatever's true for you is true for you. But it may not be true for me. My truth is true for me as long as it doesn't offend you and if it offends you then it's not truth anymore. Anybody hear that? When I read that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth I embrace that because I need something that shows me in today's society that there is a permanent, real, absolute truth. 
We said last week that the enemy, Jesus said, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it is no surprise that the enemy would come to steal and kill and destroy the fact that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So the enemy is working overtime to destroy all the truth that is Jesus. But aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit comes along and Jesus says He is the Spirit of truth. And in the same conversation in John 16, Jesus says this. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. And here's how He's going to guide you, Jesus says. He's not going to speak on his own. He's just not out there doing his own thing. He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So here's some of the ways that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. When we read the Word, the Holy Spirit is guiding you into the truth that is in the Word. When there are false doctrines and there are false prophets out there, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to know what's true and what's not. And can I tell you today that every preacher on TV who's got a suit and a plane and a ministry and asks for your money, hello, let's allow the spirit of truth to guide us so we don't fall for any of that garbage. Right? There's a lot of believers out there falling for everything because they're not listening to the voice of the Spirit who is the Spirit of truth who will give us discernment to know who's the real deal and who's not the real deal. Amen? The Spirit of truth will help us to understand what is real based on the Word of God and what culture is saying. And when culture is speaking to us and, and, and like a megaphone in our ears saying there is no absolute truth, we need to make sure our ear, our other ear that hears one thing in the, word, in the world, our other ear is tuned to the Word so that the Holy Spirit can say to us and let us know what is the truth. The truth also helps us to know God's purpose for our life. And every person in here, God has a call on your life and a purpose for your life. When David was praying in Psalms chapter 32, he was praying and asking God and pouring out his heart. And the Lord spoke to him about this. And he said, listen to this. The Holy Spirit said to David, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you. Another word for the Holy Spirit, the counselor. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Students, high school, middle school, college, young adults, listen to me. This is the most important time in your life that you can tune your ears to hear the voice of the Spirit of Truth. In high school and especially in college, there are voices out there that are going to tell you that everything that your parents have told you and everything that your pastors told you and everything that your youth pastors told you and everything you learned in kids' church and Sunday school is all a big lie. There are voices that are going to convince you of that and try to tell you that in the college classroom and people that you will hear on social media and other places. That's why it, it, the Holy Spirit has the spirit of truth and He will guide you. He is so important at this time in your life. Don't underestimate the power of having the closest relationship possible that you can have with Jesus so that your ear is tuned to the voice of the Spirit. Because He will lead you. He will guide you. When you need to know who to marry, He'll lead you and let you know who to marry. 
When you need to know where to go to school, He'll speak to you and tell you where you need to go to school. When you need to know what to do with your life, the skills and abilities and talents that God has placed in you, and you need to know what do you want me to do with that in prayer and offering that to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. How do you know that? Well, listen to what the Word says. In Isaiah, Isaiah said, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's how the Lord works. And it's like a GPS on your phone. A few months ago, our son Brock got his first phone. In the first couple of days we were in the car, I hear the GPS talking in the back seat. Because he's always got to know everything that's going on. I don't know where he got that from. Uh, from here, not there. And, uh, and so I hear the GPS going back there saying where we need to go. And I'm like, good night. But the GPS, you pull up a GPS or a map and you look at it, it will tell you exactly where you need to go, right? Does it get it right all the time? <laughs> no, it don't. But the Holy Spirit will. And just like you can cut that GPS on and it will speak to you and tell you where you need to go and say, turn right here or turn around here or turn left. Just like that verse says, the Holy Spirit works like a GPS in our lives. A, a global positioning spirit. I just made that up. That's pretty good. Somebody copyright that. And the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So that if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to worry about marrying the wrong person. You don't have to worry about going to the wrong school or checking the wrong occupation. The Holy Spirit, when you're tuned in with Him, will lead you and guide you and direct you where you need to go. So we've said the Holy Spirit serves us as a helper. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. And here's the next one. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. So Jesus said in John 14, 26, When He comes, the Father's going to send Him in my name, and He will teach you all things. Anybody ever been reading the scripture and you feel like you sense that you're getting more than just what's on the page and stuff is jumping out at you? Anybody ever had that happen? You know who's doing that? The Holy Spirit. He's teaching you all things. Anybody ever been listening to a worship song and a line or a lyric just blows off the, off the screen at you or out of your car stereo and it's like, whoa, that hits me. You know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit. Ever been sitting in a small group in a Bible study and somebody shares something, you say, I never thought about it like that before. That's exactly what I needed to hear. You know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit who's teaching us all things. But here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He's not just a teacher in the academic sense that we think about teaching those things. But as we go through life, God, through the Holy Spirit, uses all the stuff in life to teach us things. A beautiful sunrise, a celebration at a birthday party, monumental events in our lives. When we look at them through the lens of our relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit can blow up a moment as you walk on the beach and watch the sunset. And the Holy Spirit can say, my, 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 what an awesome, amazing God you serve. Anybody ever had those moments? Not just the good moments, but the moments of difficulty and certainty and sickness and disappointment and sorrow and death. The Holy Spirit steps into those moments and He teaches us how to walk through those times. I can remember having some really, really, really bad teachers in high school. I had one who severely scarred me. And I hate chemistry and I hate uh, that periodic tables of the devil. I just speak that right now. I'm telling you, I, I had a teacher 
And oh Lord, if she's watching by some wild chance, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I know she's not. But <laughs> ninth grade physical science and 11th grade chemistry, I had the same teacher. And I didn't do good in either one of those classes. I barely hung on. And she was a fan. Now, now nod at me, students, if you've had some of these, and I know one who has because we've had this conversation. But have you ever had a teacher who knows the material but can't get it to you? They know it, but they're not a good teacher. You know what I mean? I mean, they know all the facts, but they don't have a way somehow of getting it off the periodic table to make it so that it makes sense to you so you can learn it and do well on the test. Well, good teachers, I had some really good teachers. And they were teachers who knew the material, but they also knew how to get it in a way that I could understand it and unpack it in a way that it made sense for me and I could get a decent grade on the test. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is that type of teacher? And I want to tell you why. I can't wait to tell you why. This is so good. Here's why. He's such a wonderful teacher. Because the scripture says, Jesus said, He will take from me and make it known to you. So it's not just the book knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives us about what the Word says. The Holy Spirit hears from heaven. He hears from Jesus. One named Jesus who walked this planet day in and day out. And when you're going through something, you know what the Holy Spirit will do? He will talk to Jesus and he'll find out, Hey Jesus, what was it like when you went through that? And then he can pour on whatever it is that you need because he has heard from Jesus. He's heard from the Father. He said, I'll take, Jesus said, he'll take from me and he'll make it known to you. And the application of what Jesus did when he walked on this earth comes alive and real in our hearts because the Holy Spirit is able to transfer that from the experience of Jesus to my experience. The writer of Hebrews said, We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but has been tempted and always as we are yet was without sin. So that tells me whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm going to face, whatever highs, whatever lows, the Holy Spirit is there through the presence and the work of Jesus to teach me what I need to do to go through it because Jesus went through it. Boy, amen. Y'all are so quiet and I'm about to blow off this stage. Come on. That is real good. But it gets better. All right, here we go. Number four. The Holy Spirit reminds us of the words of Jesus. After Jesus said He'll teach you all things, He said He will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Now, anybody ever use the reminder on your phone? Okay? I use it a lot because I forget stuff. But that reminder doesn't remind me unless I've put it in, right? If I don't tell the phone... Remind me that I need to go do this on Thursday. The phone's not going to tell me. I've got to put it in. And that's why if the Holy Spirit, if we're going to free Him up to do His work to remind us of what Jesus said, we better be putting something inside of us that Jesus said. I'm just going to sit here till y'all wake up. We need to be in church regularly to hear what says the Lord. I need to be a part of a small group so I can hear what the Lord is saying to me. I need to be a part of worship so I can hear what the Lord is saying to me because the Holy Spirit, I handcuff Him and He can't do His work if there's nothing inside of me for Him to pull out to remind me about. 
That's kind of common sense, right? And think about what he says. He says this to who? Who did he say that to? Anybody know? Who did he say that verse to? He said it to the disciples. And when he said to them, look at the screen. He said to the disciples, go back. He said, I will remind you of everything I've said to you. So he's telling the disciples, did they hear all the teaching? This means yes. Man, y'all should have drunk more coffee this morning. I obviously did. Were they there for all the teaching? Were they there for all the preaching? Did they have a behind-the-scenes access where they got to sit back with Jesus at the end of the day? And Jesus said, you know that story about the sower and the seed? This is exactly what it means. So when Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything I've said to you, they were loaded up, y'all, because they had been feeding on everything that Jesus had said for two years. That doesn't work for us if we don't feed ourselves with the words of Jesus. Oh, this is good. And if you will fill yourself with the Word and what Jesus is saying, when you're in that situation and you feel like you're going to drown and you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will step in and He will remind you of everything that Jesus has said to you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Here's the next one. The Holy Spirit. He serves us as helper. He guides us into truth. He teaches us all things. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. And then here's the fifth thing. He provides us with the gift of peace. In John 14, 27, He says, I am leaving you, Jesus. I'm leaving you with a what? A gift. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world, what? Cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. I read that in light of what Jesus says. He says, I'm giving you a gift that the world cannot give. The world has always looked for peace. Any good leader is looking for peace. Any good king or president or monarch is looking and trying to get peace for his country and the world. The way George Bush went after peace was different than the way Barack Obama looked at peace. And President Trump looks at things differently than the way President Obama looked at peace. But all of them, I think we can say, agree or disagree, in their way, they have a goal of what they want to do and how they want to get peace. And when we think about peace, we have our signs and we do what? Anybody know it? Where is it? It's peace, right? Come on now. There's peace. That's what we think about when we think about peace. We think about world peace. But Jesus says, uh-uh. Throw all that out of the garbage. This isn't about North Korea and America and Iraq and China. He says, I have a peace that I can give you that the world knows nothing about. As a spirit-filled believer, your relationship with God should be the first witness of the peace that the Holy Spirit gives to you. Your connection with God presents peace in your life like no one else. Can I tell you this morning that as a spirit-filled believer, your home should be a place of peace. And when people who are from outside of your home, other friends and other kids and other teenagers and family members walk into your home, they should say, my goodness, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about this place 
Do you know how many people in their home? There is absolutely no peace at all. It's all yelling and screaming and fighting and, and scratching and just, just turmoil all the time. But as spirit-filled believers, let our homes be a light to declare that there's peace inside of us. And when a teenager or a child comes into our home, may they, they may not even be able to identify what it is. But they can say there's something different in here. I don't know what it is, but there's peace in this house. Our homes should be filled with peace. Our marriages should be filled with peace. Not perfect. Not ever without conflict. The way we discipline and love and care for our children should be with peace. As a spirit-filled believer, your interaction with other people should demonstrate peace. After all, one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And as we interact with other people who are far away from God, they should sense in us that there is something different about us. That there is a peace that is with inside of us. And as a Spirit-filled believer, can I tell you, and many of you know this, and just nod your head at me as a testimony as I say it, that when you navigate life's storms with the Holy Spirit in your life, you navigate differently. Because of the peace of God that passes all understanding. That, that will guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. That when you go through death and you go through loss and you go through questions and you don't get it and it doesn't make sense. And you did all the praying and reading. You did everything that you were supposed to do. And you still don't know why that happened. You can have peace because the Holy Spirit provides us with peace. Isaiah said, you, God, will keep in what kind of peace? Perfect. Everybody say perfect. Perfect peace. All who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Jesus said, I've told you all this stuff. After one of his scary sermons, he said, I've told you all this stuff. So that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many troubles and sorrows and trials, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen? Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gives us peace. So the Holy Spirit serves us as a helper. He guides us into all truth. He teaches us all things. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. He provides us the gift of peace. And number six, He brings us conviction. All the things we just talked about are the feel-good things. This one might not feel quite as good. But listen to what Jesus says. He says in, in John 16 verse 8, when he, when he comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Part of the work of the Holy Spirit is that He convicts our hearts when we're away from God. Last week we talked about that the Holy Spirit has emotions. And one of those emotions that we talked about last week was that He can be grieved and he's grieved whenever there's a breach in the relationship with me and God or, or with me and someone else. And when I'm pulling away from God and I'm allowing sin to come in my life and I'm looking or thinking or I'm participating in something that I don't need to, part of the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is to bring conviction in my life. Now the enemy, he comes, we already said, to steal, kill, and destroy. So what the enemy will do, he will come in to bring guilt and load me down with guilt that will put me to a place where all I can do is just feel condemnation. I can't even move forward because he's, he's, just, he's just loading me down with guilt. 
But the Holy Spirit comes and He brings conviction that leads to freedom because of repentance. In the name of Jesus. So we can have freedom because of that. When Peter, James, John, Philip, Paul, when they all were preaching all throughout the New Testament, the results of their preaching, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he said, Our gospel did not come to you in word only. We didn't preach a good sermon. He said, But it came in power and in the Holy Spirit and full of conviction. And that's why when they preached, people came to Jesus. Because they were convicted of the sin that was in their lives and they turned their hearts and their lives to Jesus. Our prayers should be, our prayer lives should include us saying, God, if there's anything that stands between me and you, turn on my ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit who can bring conviction. If there's anything that can breach my relationship, Holy Spirit, let me hear your voice. Amen? Here's the next one. The Holy Spirit empowers us for service and ministry. Twice Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 24. Right before he's about to leave, he says, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Fills you with what? Power from heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right before he leaves, he says, But you, talking to the disciples, talking to the ladies who were there, who would be there in the 120 on the day of Pentecost, he said, But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why did they need power? Because Jesus needed power. And if you look at, John, at Luke chapter 4, it says that when Jesus left the wilderness after being tempted by Satan for 40 years, it said Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Jesus hit the trail preaching and teaching full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why he looked at them and he said, you need to go and wait, guys. I'm about to leave. You go wait. You pray. You hang out. You are going to get power that's going to cause you to be able to do the mission that I have intended you to do. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and set on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That empowering moment changed everything for the disciples. It sent Jesus' mission into overdrive. And listen to what Jesus said. I want to remind you. He said, you'll receive power to have good church services. Woo. He said, you'll receive power to go home and put your feet up and wait till I come back. He said, you'll receive power to make good sweet tea and fried chicken for suppers every fifth Sunday. You'll receive power to have the best youth group and kids group in the town. You'll receive power to be my what? 
witnesses. And a witness tells something that they've experienced. So they were filled with power to take everything that they had seen and heard and experienced and allow it to blow up outside of them so that as they declared who and what Jesus did and what He was in His life, that people began to come to Him. We are to be filled with power so that we can be witnesses. But we're also to be empowered for service and for ministry. See, every one of you, I said it a while ago, we've all got a call of God on our lives. And you can't fulfill the call of God that He has for you. That, I'm not talking about a pulpit ministry necessarily, or, or being a worship leader or a Sunday school teacher, but everybody here has a call of God on your life. And the way you can effectively fulfill that call is to be empowered for service and ministry. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit and how they are distributed as the Holy Spirit wants to distribute it. And he says in that, he says, but there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in them all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And one's given the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge, another faith, another gifts of healing, another the working of miracles, another discerning spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these, distributing each of these one individually as He wills. We are empowered not to demonstrate our gifts we're empowered not to speak in tongues. We're empowered not to have a huge healing ministry. We are empowered to be... Y'all, y'all playing alone today, right? We are empowered to be witnesses. And the miracles and the healings and the discernment and the wisdom and the tongues and the interpretation of tongues are all there that when they happen in function in us as the Scripture says in order that they will declare and point people toward Jesus. And we will be His witnesses. Again, we don't have time to, to go through all of that today, but it is there and it is a part of the process. So let's land this plane like this. Kevin, if you'll come and play for me. The Holy Spirit teaches us. I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit, let's, let's, uh, let's review quickly. The Holy Spirit serves as helper. He guides us into all truth. He teaches us all things. He reminds us of the words of Jesus. He provides for us the gift of peace. He brings conviction and He empowers us for service and ministry. And here's the last one. The Holy Spirit guarantees us a promised inheritance. I want everybody to wake up Stop thinking about lunch and I want what's on that screen to seep in your spirit right now. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. And I hope it does. I hope it works on you like it's been working on me. See, from the very beginning of Scripture, everything in the Bible is pretty simple. It's always pointing toward what's next, what's next, what's next. Maybe I won't be so hard on Brock now because he's always asking, what's next, what's next, what's next? But in the Old Testament, it's always what's next. It's Moses, it's David, it's the prophets. They're all pointing to what's next. What's next, church? The Messiah. The Old Testament is all pointing to what's next, what's next. Looking forward to the Messiah. 
Jesus comes along. And even Jesus points to what's next. What's next? Eternity, Jesus says, is next. Judgment is next. His whole life pointed to a hill where he would give his life on a cross. Amen? That's what's next. But he also pointed to the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know what else is next? The Holy Spirit is coming. That's what's next. And then you read over into the works and the, the, the letters of Paul. And Paul tells us that what's next doesn't stop there. The Old Testament looks forward and prophesies Jesus. Jesus looks forward and prophesies to Calvary and to the Holy Spirit. And here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. Now you Gentiles, how many are Gentiles? Wave at me. If you don't know you're a Gentile, you're a, everybody here is a Gentile, okay? I don't know if any Jewish folks slipped in. If you did, we're glad to have you. But hey, South Georgia, Effingham County, we're all Gentiles, right? But now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. Do you know that we weren't supposed to be included on this? Oh my goodness. And when you believed in Christ, you Gentiles, Jesus identified as you, as you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. Looking forward, looking forward, looking forward. And the Spirit is God's what? Say it. Guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. And He did all that so that we would praise and glorify Him. The Holy Spirit guarantees us a promised inheritance. And let's, let me show you what else Paul said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, he said, look at it. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm in Christ. He has commissioned us, and He has identified us as His own, by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts oh I'm about to go nuts right now as the first installment that guarantees everything that He has promised the first installment oh oh I'm not going to let you out of here until that sinks in your mind you know what it's like it's when you go buy a car you got to put an installment down anybody ever bought a house and had to put some earnest money in you didn't even know what earnest money was but you gave some earnest money anybody ever rented a cabin at the lake or at the beach you don't have to pay for all of it but you got to put down a deposit looking forward that you're going to have a vacation and go to that place but guess what Paul said? He said the Holy Spirit, Jesus, put Him in your hearts as an installment, as a deposit, as earnest money, looking forward that one day He has an inheritance promised for you and me, eternity with Jesus. Hallelujah! Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, I wish y'all get as happy as I am. Come on. And here's the thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, 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 Brother Jimmy, I'm about to blow up. Because here's the deal, y'all. Every time, every time, every time you go through those situations in life and the Holy Spirit serves as your comforter, as your advocate, as your intercessor, it, let it be a reminder of that installment of what's to come. 
every time you read your Bible and in your private devotional time something jumps off at the page of you and the Holy Spirit is teaching you and speaking to you let it be oh, as a reminder it's a reminder of a guarantee that I have heaven every time that you're going through a storm and the peace that passes all understanding covers you be reminded that the peace is not just to get you through the storm that the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is echoing with a megaphone to say that this is not just for this moment I am here as the first installment guaranteeing everything that is yet to come and Paul said all of that all of that should result in one thing it should result in praise and honor and glory I don't know about you, but I just want to worship and give Him praise when I think about that every storm, every difficulty, every question, everything that I have faced and everything that is still to come, even in those moments, those moments can serve as a reminder that the Holy Spirit lives, resides inside of me as an installment that this world, hallelujah, is not my home. Can we stand this morning? I want to ask the band to come. Will you lift up both hands if you're half as happy as I am this morning? Can we fill this room right now with praise and glory unto Him? Will you give Him thanks for everything that He's done for you? Will you praise Him right now for His grace and His mercy that's been shed abroad in your heart? Will you praise Him this morning that He is alive inside of you and He is your helper. He is your guide. He is your reminder. He's your provider. He's your peace. He's your empowerment today that whatever you're facing today, He does all of that to guarantee who He is in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise You, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Every time you work in my life, it's a reminder of what's to come. I can look forward to eternity. I can look forward that this is not my home every time you remind me of that. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your name, Jesus. We sang it a while ago. Behold, I have a friend. The Spirit breathing holy fire within. My ever-present help. Speaking truth when I can't find it. Light up this broken heart. And light my way till my time on earth is done. Oh, Holy Spirit. Breathe in me. What did we sing? Put the lyric up there. Kingdom what? Kingdom what? Kingdom come. Looking forward. Oh, Holy Spirit, let your work in me be done. Anybody want to say, Holy Spirit, all of me for all of you. Let your work in me be done. Anybody here this morning say, I need today the Holy Spirit to serve as my helper. I've got something going on today. Just, just raise your hand. I need the Holy Spirit to be my helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, comforter. 
hands down. Anybody here to say, I need the Holy Spirit to give me guidance about a situation, about college, about who I need to marry, about a, about a job situation or a family. Anybody, I need direction from the Holy Spirit today. Anybody need peace in your life? You're, you're just covered with stuff right now in your life. You need peace. Let me see your hands. Need peace right now. Hallelujah. Hands all over this place. Anybody say, Pastor, I need, I need new, fresh empowerment to do what the Lord has called me to do. Anybody with that? I need fresh fire and wind in my heart to empower me. Hallelujah. For the work of God in my life. Lord, we just invite you into this place to do what you want to do. To fill us up. To strengthen us. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing. They're going to sing that verse. I want you to sing that third verse until I tell you to stop. Just keep singing it. Until we know it and we can sing it like we know it. And if you raise your hand, or you should have raised your hand, and you need from the Lord today, don't you dare keep your feet in that seat. Get down here right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's go. Come on. Come on. You need peace. You need guidance. You need direction. You need comfort. You need empowerment. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. Sweet truth when I can find. Oh, Lord, we lift it up to you today. Hallelujah. want you to have what God has called you to do. He wants to, to deafen your ears 
to the voice of the Spirit, but there is a Spirit who has a specific calling for every one of your lives, who has a DNA of a calling for you. And you won't get it just standing there like this. You come and you say, Lord, whatever it is, if it's two years, three years, four years, five years down the road, I don't want to miss it. I want to, I want to walk and I want to be led and, and, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Do you guys want that? I'm talking to you. Do you want it? I know you do. I know it's your heart and your desire. Don't allow what God did in your lives two weeks ago to stay at Seek Week, to stay and forward. Bring it right back here and pursue God with the same fervor and vigor that you did there. And He's going to show up here just like He did there. Are you serious? Do you really want to know what God wants to do in your life? Okay? Pastor Kevin, if you'll just begin to pray over them, I'm going to pray for some more people. But in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, as these students, lift up your hands, every one of you. Lift up your hands. If you're serious, if not, go sit down. I'm not playing this morning. If you want to know what the, the will and purpose of God's will is for your life, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, give every one of these students ears to hear your voice. Lord, I pray that you would mute the voice of the enemy in their lives, that they can find every purpose, every design, every, everything that you've designed and, and guaranteed for them to do. God, help them to find it and walk in it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody else who's here this morning with hands uplifted, if you need peace, ask Him for peace. If you need guidance, ask Him for guidance. If you need Him to be comforter or friend or whatever it is, if you need healing, ask Him for that this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that You would come into this place, fill us with Your presence, and move in every life. In Jesus' name.
thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for everything you've done in every life that's here today. God, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all that's been done today. May your word through the message, may your word through song, may it find deep root in our hearts this week and may it grow and build your kingdom. And love, help, may we love our city as your spirit moves in and through us. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Are you glad you came to church today? I'm glad you came to church today. Thank you for being here. God bless you. If you want to walk right across the parking lot, Kids Create has an art exhibit and some uh, snacks over there for us. So go enjoy and see what they're doing today. Have a great week. We'll see you back here Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night. God bless you.